Welcome to Celestial Small Talk with Alice and CJ. Celestial Small Talk refers to the big ideas, profound revelations, and deep connections that are created in the briefest of encounters. It is often in these moments that an imperceptible shift in thought can bring about the biggest change, helping us to more fully embody our intuition. We strive to inspire, illuminate, question, provoke, and spark the unique constellation within. Hello and welcome to our third episode of Celestial Small Talk for Season 4. This is CJ and I felt like singing the intro today because as Alice and I were just talking offline, some opportunities disguised as loss have made their way into my life and sometimes you just gotta sing through it. So that's what I'm feeling right now. Alice, what's on your heart and mind? I think I need to learn to sing when these things happen because very similar things have happened recently and just right before this I was just moping and I was just talking to my friend and just sort of trying to vent. I was moping because I have not seen the opportunity yet. (laughs) I've only seen the loss. I am being asked to be grateful and I resented that and I'm just like F this. I just want to be sad right now. (laughs) I could really use a little bit of your optimism and learn to sing about this. That's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Well, feeling sad and mopey is 100% valid, but let's get started with a little bit of a peace prayer because I lit a candle for peace since I think that's what we all might need right now. So wherever you find yourself as you're listening to this, if it feels good in your body and safe to do so, I invite you to close your eyes or have a soft gaze. And begin to bring some awareness to your physical space. Noticing maybe what you hear apart from my voice. What you feel in terms of support or layers on the skin. If you have any lingering tastes in your mouth. And I'll invite you to take a nice deep breath in and exhale it out. May my mind, heart, and soul reach a state of perfect serenity. May all my thoughts and actions reflect my pursuit of a peaceful and tranquil existence. And on this last inhale, see if you notice or can imagine a delightful smell entering your nostrils. Inhale in. And release it out. Mm, This candle smells like myrrh, ginger root, vanilla, clove, and caraway seeds. So I'm enjoying those exotic flavors right now. How do you feel after that, Alice? So we talked about the internal family system last week or last episode, and I've been exploring it. And I sort of like started putting these personas into the different personalities. And so right now in this moment, my teenager self 
that very moody girl. He's just screaming and just screaming and want to cry and all these things. And when the spell says, imagine yourself in perfect serenity, it's like basically telling every single persona that I have to sit down and meditate. It's really entertaining to imagine this, like there's a baby sitting down with their legs crossed and old lady and, you know, this teenager and then this goddess is in there too. And, you know, everybody just sit down and meditate right now. Don't care what you feel like doing at this moment. Just sit, which is kind of entertaining to think about. I really like the ending where you said, imagine the pleasant smell going through your nose. I'm like, I smell boba and I want some. <laughs> I think that was really that was really great. I needed that. Um, what's in your heart and mind today? Well, we had a really great conversation yesterday where we were talking about just steps forward, both individually with our businesses, together with Celestial Small Talk, with our improv group, just kind of envisioning what could be possible. And I love the imagination that we both kind of brought to the table. And it was an impromptu talk. Like we were talking about something else. Then I was like, okay, can we just like hash this out on the phone? And we chatted and we kind of thought about, you know, these like long-term visions, both collectively and individually, and kind of worked through maybe some hesitations with committing to certain opportunities. And I have noticed that with the creative freedom I'm experiencing in my life outside of the classroom, I'm feeling a lot of scarcity around the abundance of creativity I have right now. That sounds oxymoronic, but it actually makes a lot of sense with the conditioning that I have had my whole life and the way I have succeeded at school succeeded at work, succeeded at business, it's because of the striving. It's because of the, I can get all the shit done that you need to get done and I can do it with creativity and flair and whatever. And sometimes that was at the expense of my body or my mental well-being or my relationships with friends and family or my politeness to certain members of my community. And before we even got on, I was shuffling and sort of thinking about all these sort of, again, opportunities disguised as loss that have come into my life. And two cards popped out. The first one was the five of candles, which is wands. And the second was the nine of candles. And the imagery on the five of candles is of five different people who each have like a lit wand. And there's a candle in the middle that's unlit. And everyone in the circle kind of looks a little menacing at each other. I actually am getting that vision that you just talked about, Alice, about your internal family systems of like the little baby and the teenager and the goddess and the you just kind of being like, all right, guys, like I know we each have different things that we are going through and feeling and processing right now. Instead of being in conflict, what if we all work together? and just lit this central candle of peace together. And then the nine of candles, I love the imagery of this one because it kind of evokes a sense of like longing and loneliness. There's an older figure who has a walker and they are holding a candle and then there are eight candles behind them. 
and they're kind of looking off into the distance like they're just either protecting something or defending something or looking back potentially and it's night so that the candles are the only thing that's illuminated with the two of these together have been feeling this like i've collected all of this like creative energy that i really want to protect and that i really am excited about quote unquote capitalizing on which when i use that word i cringe at it because that's exactly what i don't want to do like that's exactly what i have been trained and programmed to do which is like i've got 45 minutes to you know come up with my lesson plan for the next period because i'm overworked and overcommitted that like that was the time that i had to do this that i'm used to like rushing to get shit done and like it gets done so i feel this scarcity around oh my god i have all this all these ideas, all of these amazing things that I want to do with my business and with you, Alice, that like, I feel like there's this conflict that's just continually happening within me where I'm trying to prioritize certain things. And then I'm worried that if I don't prioritize something, it's just going to go away and I'm going to forget about it or I won't have the attention span for it. And so then there's kind of this idea of like hoarding, like which I don't really think the the nine of candles is evoking, but there is this sense of like, I have these things and I want to keep them safe and protected. And for me, the way I've done that is being like, well, now I have to do more. Now I have to do something with it or else it's just going to sit there and nothing's ever going to happen. So you just went through you are, you are going through your nodal return because the note so north node is in this in Taurus and south node is currently in Scorpio right now and this is happening for a lot of people born I would say around 86 87 what's happened within the last full moon was you're supposed to let go of the areas of life basically let go of it's it's going to be another oxymoron here because Taurus is very material and it's very earthly and it's very like the next big thing that you're working toward, the grind, basically. And this is in your eighth house. Eighth house is the occult, is sacred intimacy, is trust. And with the full moon, it basically means like you have to dedicate your time or your energy towards the, where the sun is, which is Scorpio, your second house of money and possession and income and things like that. So like it is a little bit of an oxymoron because usually the second house is like very similar with Taurus energy and like it's now reversed. So basically it's asking you to stop grinding so much to stop kind of overworking yourself so much in this area and like getting back to your gift, which is what you already have and you're so good at and not fuss about that. Like it's okay to not be striving constantly for it. That it's okay to just get back and fall back into the things that you're already good at and rest there for a minute. Damn. Truth bomb from Alice. So thank you for that. Everything that you're saying is aligned with all of these other situations I've been in recently where I have been told that I need to stop doing and I need to start being. Super interesting. While you were talking, the strength card came out and I found myself cringing because yesterday I 
also pull runes and the strength rune came out and I found myself being like, I don't fucking want to be strong. Like I'm done being strong. Like I've done this shit my whole life. I actually was journaling about it yesterday where I was like, the first thing I did was like contract when I saw this rune because I wanted something else. Like I wanted another thing to help guide me. So the fact that the strength card came out today again is telling me and what I ended up journaling about yesterday was that there's something in this lesson that I still need to metabolize, that I still need to integrate. If what I'm hearing you say is correct, then what that is, is being strong in my boundaries energetically I need to be strong within my boundaries of keeping my magic like safe and protected. And it sounds like not really focusing on the material stuff, even though that has been so hardwired into me. So it's not so much about what I produce and what I offer. It's more about my innate gifts and who I am. I'm still mad at it, but it's cool because the way this card depicts strength is that there's this bear and it's coming around a human, but you can also see that it is coming from within the human. So it's kind of like a light is shining out of the human's chest. And then from there, the bear is kind of like wrapped around and the human does not look scared at all. Um, Normally this card is depicted with a figure with their hand on a lion. And so you think about both the strength it takes for the lion to not eat the human and the strength of the human to like trust the lion. And this same thing is like this bear is like roaring like around the shoulder of the human and the human's face is placid and chill and they have almost like flowers like growing out of their head. And It really feels like the choice between letting my strengths, which have been predominantly material-focused, give myself the boundaries to not let those yell at me and to really just take a step back and find that strength within to allow the creativity to envelope me and allow the rest to envelope me and not keep grinding because that's what I know how to do. And I'm I'm tired of it. I think what's really interesting is I saw the Leo sign on the head of that bear. And Leo is your 11th house of community. And so I wonder if there's another underlying message here where it's like, Go back to your innate gifts, your innate magic, and surround yourself with community of those with that, those same powers without worrying too much about making money off of it. Or like maybe you will, but that's not the focus, right? The focus is network. The focus is, yeah, that's definitely 11th house, the networking Just enjoy the gift that you have because it's really weird. And yesterday I I went to my first dance class in forever. 
and I've never done this before, jazz funk. Um, and it was really fun, right? But like, I carry the identity of a dancer for so long that I get competitive when I get it on the dance floor. And I worked really hard last night to get rid of that thought because it's been a long time since I danced and I should not be comparing myself to other people, other people who probably have been doing jazz funk for a while and just enjoy the fact that I get to dance and I get to meet other dancers who dance with me and have fun with me and just goof off to the song and like not worry about whether that was up to par, whether that was a performance worthy or whatever, you know, literally just like enjoy the act of dancing for its own sake. And I feel like the message here is also the same, like enjoy the fucking magic that you have and just like glow as this magical being without feeling like you have to make something meaningful of it. Oof, you are reminding me of my own trauma with dance and I loved dancing. I danced competitively for 10 years and then with back injuries and I mean, really, that was it. I stopped in my 20s and I started taking dance uh, a couple months ago. And I remember doing a ballet class and a jazz class and we were working on pirouettes and I was like, oh, I fucking love pirouettes. I'm great at these. And that was, you know, 16-year-old CJ talking. That was not 36-year-old CJ talking. And I found myself getting frustrated with my body and getting frustrated with myself. And I had to do the exact same thing you did, which was stop comparing, stop perfectioning this. That's not a verb, but you know what I mean. Like, stop trying to make this perfect and just enjoy the fact that I'm whipping around in circles and I'm falling out of it and I'm laughing and there's loud music playing and beautiful lights and let that be enough. So there's all that. And you're right. It has to be about the process, not the product, the journey, not the destination, the here and now and not the future. And I'm always so forward thinking. I'm always projecting. I'm always planning ahead for any eventuality. And I'm tired. I'm really tired of it. I've had a couple of experiences over the last couple of weeks with processors in my life who have helped me just to pause and spend time in the present and connect with inner little CJ. And I remember talking on this podcast back in season one, I believe, about all of the different names that I gave to like my ego and my inner child and my highest self and stuff. So I started talking to Edgar. And if Edgar is my ego, Edgar is named after the butler in the Aristocats, who is always subverting the duchess and her kittens by kidnapping them or catnapping them so that he gets the inheritance from the old woman. I always have viewed my ego as the subverter, the one who is trying really hard to make things work for them, but isn't actually working in CJ's best interest. So over the last couple of days, I have really been trying to talk to Edgar and just be like, hey, listen, you've been working really hard. And I see how hard you've been working. Thank you for working that hard. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping everything moving. But hey, it's time for you to take your break now. 
even if it's just for 30 seconds or 15 minutes or forever, please. Like I kind of imagine like I'm the GM at a restaurant and I'm like, oh, hey, it's time for you to take your 15. You know, you've been you've been cooking all day. You've been waiting tables all day. You've been bussing all day. Go take your 15. Thanks for doing all that work. That's me as the, the higher self CJ talking to this this worker who is on overdrive. And when I do that and I get a chance to just settle into that quiet within, I really try to connect to that peace, that joy, that imagination that I want to cultivate. And it's hard. Like it's hard to do. It takes a lot of practice. And with these processors over the past couple of days, I've been able to just tap into how much better everything else would function if Edgar and, you know, CJ were able to just take things slower, be with what is, and stop projecting into the future because this is all we have. And if I'm spending all of this time worrying and projecting and striving towards something that may or may not ever come into being, then like I'm missing out, you know? And while you were talking, the Mystic of Bells came out, which is the King of Swords. So this is like the ultimate taking up space card. It's like, I am the mountain. I am a gust of wind. I am the progenitor of my deepest thoughts, my deepest desires, and the way I communicate that out into the world. So when you were talking about kind of being in community... That was the first thing I thought of was like, well, that's the thing that I really do well at. Like, I'm really good at holding space and creating community and, and places for people to feel, you know, kind of safe to, to be themselves and to feel authentic. And I know that that has to come from within. And so if I can be the king of my own swords, which are all of my thoughts, patterns, and beliefs, and my words that I use to communicate them, that change is going to be reflected in the world that I'm creating and the communities that I'm creating. But it has to start from within or else it's never going to manifest in the outside. Yes, we have to always make sure that we do it for the right reasons. We carry the purest intentions possible. I understand how hard it gets sometimes with feeling the need for being productive and create substantial things that that we can capitalize on or we can cash out, basically. I am almost like attacked every day with like ideas for money. It's like it goes through my brain I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But I'm going to sit and eat my chips right now. <laughs> Because, I mean, if you follow every single hunch, you you can probably make a lot of money. But, you know, where is that coming from? Is it just for money, for money's sake? Like you can buy a vending machine and leave it outside some kind of place and just that's probably the best analogy that I could come up with with this. Like you can buy a vending machine and leave it outside and some you know, people would buy something from it and you can get money from it. It's very impersonal. Like, yeah, you can do it, but. Are you going to get the connection? Are you going to get the magic that you would by following your heart and chasing your passion and reaching out to the people 
to your your soul family and making a difference in their lives. I think that we have very important things to do with with the passion that we have and with the vision that we co-create. And I think that remembering our goals is is important because I'm pretty sure the first few years is gonna feel very difficult. You use the word co-creating our passions and goals. And I love that because I always come back to this idea that our reality is not fixed and it is not always true because a lot of our perceptions are wired from these places of scarcity and striving and the systems of oppression under which we live. And so to kind of step back and recenter and say, oh, I have control over how I create my reality. And I can co-create that with a partner, with a soul sister, with spirit, with divine, with whatever word works for you, gentle listener, use that. What made me laugh while you were talking, Alice, is that I was shuffling the cards. I was like, oh, we'll just see what happens. And the card that flew out of the deck is the card that has been my manifestation card like since day one. It's the Mystic of Candles, which is the King of Wands. And it is literally creation. It is the flame within lit to the top of a mountain that lights the other flames to signal whatever is happening that needs to be paid attention to that inspires these other flames. And I was writing something earlier today and decided to pick up my first tarot journal from when I started reading and exploring back in 2020. And it was like the darkest time in my life while I was teaching during the pandemic and I was under-resourced and I was exhausted and I was over-caffeinated and I was over-partying because I felt like I deserved it. And I remember having this experience where like these cards were just speaking to me and this mystic of candles came out and I was like fuck I want to be them like I want that because they're on like a golden throne and they're surrounded by star tapestries and their hair has like a crown of candles in it and like there's no fear of being burnt and they have no shoes on their feet and they're just looking straight at you like I got this like I got this and I just feel that so deeply that there is this flame within me that is like you got this you got this and when I go back to the striving tendencies and I go back to those dark times of like man I you know I was not doing well like mentally physically emotionally spiritually part of my practice with the tarot was to learn how to let go of that time in my life, that career, that stability, that the thing that I thought that I had to offer the world. And now, two and a half years later, you know, I'm no longer in the classroom and I'm, I am creating a new life for myself. And so these little check-ins 
here and there of like, hey, you don't have to do things the way you've always done them because that came from a place of scarcity and that came from a place of striving and um, a lack of awareness of really, you know, what I uniquely have to offer the world. And I'm still figuring that out, but I know it has to do with community. I know it has to do with creating safe spaces for others to process and be and just enjoy, you know, life because life is precious and it is brief and spending the time worrying about the future and just trying to make money is not the thing you know, and it's really hard to unwire that from our capitalist driven systems, but like, fuck, I'm going to try, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I still struggle with that a lot, but then I also get like really upset when people prioritize money and they tell you it's business gets me so angry. (laughs) Like stop reading the rules like a robot and talk to me like a person. Man, I I am so fortunate to be in the position that I am right now where I have flexibility to make my own schedule and to be able to just take breaks when I need to and go out today to a thrift shop um, because I wanted to like consign some of my stuff and the people working there were miserable. They just look like they don't want to be there. And one of the girls was like sniffling and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm a little sick. Well, I stood like very far from her because I had a feeling and she's like, I'm just sick. I'm like, are you sure you want to work right now? And then like kind of looking around to her coworkers and they just had this like stone face, very stoic, no emotions, sort of just like, yeah, whatever. I I don't want to be here either, but I'm here and. I'm going to do my job, I guess. Like what we talked about with our guests last week with like having the boundaries, enough boundaries to show up authentically and to like give yourself 100%. I think that like we should all be encouraged to do that where you we get to take care of ourselves enough to be able to show up fully and like present and like ready to do the work, excited to do the work. Because I feel like any kind of work, there's always something meaningful behind it. I mean, that's what I want to believe anyway. (laughs) We are here for a reason. And sometimes in the middle of it, it feels miserable. Feels like we're being punished for no apparent reason. (laughs) There's still magic in us if we want to tap into it. And taking care of our inner magic and taking care of ourselves is going to help bring about all these other things that we crave and we we aim for and things that we want to accomplish yeah absolutely if we're going back to kind of this theme of opportunity disguised as loss it feels important to remember that yes there are reasons why we're here there is certain magic within us that is important to awaken And that not everything can be taken at face value, like when it happens, right? So it's very easy to get into the, well, this happened to me. And so as a result, I'm going to respond negatively. And I honestly felt like that with this situation that I, you know, 
got this immediate feeling of disappointment and like, oh, fuck, like I was really looking forward to this thing. It's not happening anymore. And then I was able to kind of turn it around and turn it into like time for myself, opportunity to connect in a community, opportunity to expand my offerings in a different way. And like, honestly, just take some time for myself, which is really what I know I need to do. So I think changing that little, you know, preposition of what happened to me to what happened for me can be transformational and say that, yes, things can be tough. Yes, there are times we're going to have to like do the thing the grind. We're going to have to make ends meet. We're going to have to figure out all of this along the way. But what if we were able to always view it as an opportunity instead of as a loss? When I look back at this whole spread now, I'm like, oh, I got three candles, one bell, and then the strength card. And so that really is showing me that my strengths don't lie only in what my body does and what my brain does. It lies in my spirit and what my soul is ready to give to the world. And I'm still mad at the strength card, but I want to look at it as another one of those opportunities, even though it's kind of hitting me in a way that's like, I want to stop being strong. I would like to be able to view it as I get to be strong for myself. So that way I can take these unique gifts and turn around and offer them up to the world. I'm kind of going through very similar things. So like I'm absorbing your words and like really am thinking about how I could view what happened to me as what happened for me. You know what? It's okay. Our dear listeners, if you can't figure that out yet, it's okay if you haven't figured out how to see it as an opportunity. I think what's happening for me personally right now is I'm afraid to get into that because I think I know what I have to do at this moment because my struggle isn't even though it's both we both kind of feel a little powerless towards what happened the only thing I could do right now is to wait some more so I've been waiting for something very big transformative thing for over a year and I was told that I need to wait another three months even though the last I checked it was supposed to happen and I'm upset that now I'm being seen as the naive person who assumed that it was gonna be easy when I was told that it was gonna happen I think all the suppressed emotions are coming back up with the waiting and how long I've been waiting. Basically, when I first approached the situation, I was told it was going to be four to six months. And now it's been a year. And so I've been a good girl. I've been waiting. I've been patient. I've been positive. And I think I'm running out of it. I'm running out of this strength to be positive and to be hopeful and to be grateful that it is making progress and not as fast as I was told it was going to make 
and not as fast, not as fast as I was hoping that it was going to be. And I think that like this opportunity isn't so much to, I mean, I feel like I've been doing everything else to wait. So I think what's happening is this opportunity to really open up this wound and have a conversation with myself about why it hurts so much because I've been avoiding this pain. And I'm like, you know what, I think it's time to open it up and really examine it and then just let myself feel the pain because I haven't really let myself feel the pain because I've been positive and I've been optimistic and I've been fun and patient and, you know, going with the flow and all of that. And I think I'm done. (laughs) There comes a point where the good girl has to be put on a shelf and you need to take that inner teen rage and you need to allow that to be processed because as we all know, our body keeps the score. And if it isn't processed now, it will find a way to come back and bite you in the ass if not. I did a trauma-informed yoga practice this morning about the hips where there's often a lot of stored energy and I've always had issues with my hips and I particularly have a, a very tender right hip right now. And instead of doing the thing that I always do, which is like, how do I fix it? The whole point of the class was, can you just be with it instead of trying to fix it? And that's what I'm hearing you say, Alice, which is you did all the the good girl things and now you want to be able to feel the thing that you've been kind of suppressing. And it doesn't mean you need to fix anything. You know, this situation could just be out of your control, which sucks, especially when you were told one thing and it ended up not being true. That kind of stuff really grinds my gears, but your body will tell you what needs to happen so that you can process it in the right way. And I think it's funny that we, you know, both are going through different things. We're giving each other our own medicine, like as we're talking about it, right? We're like, oh, right, this is advice that I'm saying to you, but it's also to me, right? Because I've either been through something or I'm currently going through it. Or when I listen to this episode in a couple of weeks when it comes out, I'm going to be like, damn, that was really smart, CJ. Like now, like future CJs listening to this, right? And and you listeners, you know, you might listen to this episode in four years and have it resonate with you because feelings aren't linear. Processes aren't linear. Everything happens on a spiral. And we just have to trust that whatever is happening for us is happening when it's quote unquote supposed to. I don't really love that term supposed to, but everything contains a lesson. And if the lesson is you've been working really hard, you've been strong, and now it's time to put Edgar on the back shelf, put the good girl on the back shelf, and touch in with that inner child or touch in with that inner rager, like that is an important part of the process. It doesn't fix anything, but it tends to those parts that are going to find a way to make their wishes known, whether we like it or not. This has been so therapeutic for me. I was literally like moping and crying and didn't know how to like stop crying um, right before this talk. So I think this is 
one of the things that I'm grateful for the most right now. I'm grateful for all the little lessons in the very mundane things that we interact with when we see. And I do feel like it's been a great reminder to stop isolating so much because that's what I do when I have an opportunity is I would just stay home. I'm a very much a triple cancer, a 12th house. I'm very like, I would rather be home and be with spirits instead of being around people. But I think there's so many lessons that we learn through interacting with others and through just observing the world to get perspective. And I think that that's another thing that I'm really, really grateful for today. What are you grateful for? I heard this term that I may have talked about on the last time, or it could have been one of our co-working sessions, but it's this idea that rambling is channeling. So the fact that we got to both kind of talk through different things we've been going through and allow our own rambling process to help us sort of channel the own the messaging that we needed to come to for ourselves and for each other today that is what i'm really grateful for is the gift of words and thoughts and safe processors to be vulnerable be unsure be completely surrender to the whole process because the whole process has medicine in it. Even if it's bitter when we take it, it's going to help in the long run. So I'm grateful to ramble, to channel, to heal in these spaces. And I'm grateful for the communities that we've created where this is possible. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and thank you to our listeners who have been supporting us and supporting these spaces that we are trying to create or co-create together. We will catch you next time. You can reach us at celestialsmalltalk at gmail.com and on Instagram at celestialsmalltalk. Please listen, like, review, Share, grow, learn, and love. Until next time.